Welcome to the Axe Church Leander podcast. Join us in person or online on Facebook at 9.30 a.m. Okay. In the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijai. His wife, Elizabeth, was also descendant of Aaron. Both of them were uh, righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all of the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, "How How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you'll be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and, and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, He could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion, the Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and has taken away my disgrace among the people. Jesus, I pray that in a season of, of hope and joy, Lord, I pray for people who are struggling with that hope and that joy. Lord, as we come to a season filled with so many different things in our lives that we can be overcome with, Lord, we pray that you would overwhelm us with your word, with your love and your grace and your truth as we study it together, as we lean on you in times of trouble. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. So I'm really, I'm really excited to share this because we're starting a new sermon series. And uh, last week, we just ended our sermon series on the parables and understanding what uh, Jesus was saying in the midst of those parables. And a few weeks ago, Josh, in the middle of his sermon and during that, that week, we were talking about the three lost parables, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. And during the morning show question, the question that he asked was, what is something that you have lost and that you forgot about? 
And I was sitting with my wife in the front, and I was thinking about, what was something that I've, that I've lost recently? And it like brought me back like, like years, years ago to this one thing that I had lost. Well, I was in middle school, and it was a spring break uh, trip that me and my family took, and we ended up going to Hawaii. And it was just an incredible experience. Got to do all these cool things. Got to go to the Dole Farms and got to ride a helicopter over the mountains. It was just a really crazy experience. And I, I loved every minute of it, but my favorite experience was going, as a kid, going into the gift shop and seeing something that I absolutely wanted. And I begged my mom for this one thing. And it's kind of ridiculous, I'm not going to lie. As a middle school kid, uh, my priorities were not very high. But it was this, in the gift shop, it was this umbrella hat that, like, you'd put on your hat and, like, you'd wear as, like, an umbrella. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever because I was like, never in my life have I seen anyone wear this. And I'm going to be the first one to wear this in the world. Well, my parents thought it was ridiculous. My brothers made fun of me, but jokes on them, it ended up raining in Hawaii, and I was the only one with an umbrella. So it ended up working out in my favor, but I absolutely love this. And even to this day, I still have not seen a single person in public wear an umbrella hat um, because I would say, hey, you know, you and me. But a few years later after that, I love this thing. I wore it in public uh, a little bit shamelessly, uh, but uh, as I was walking around and throughout the years into my high school years, I kind of ended up forgetting about this hat. And I don't know what triggered in my mind that morning a few weeks ago as I thought about this thing that I had lost, but I thought back to it and I was like, you know, Chrissy, I, I used to have this umbrella hat. And she looked at me weird, like, why did I marry this fool? Um, and I was like, I don't know what happened to it. I have no idea where it went. I think I lost it. I don't know what happened. I was like, oh man, like, it'd be nice to wear it again in front of Chrissy this time. <laughs> but as I was thinking about this lost umbrella hat, I thought about some other things in my life that I'd also forgotten about. And maybe you guys as well, a couple weeks ago when you heard this question, what's something that you've lost? Or something that maybe you've forgotten about. Maybe it was uh, forgotten friends that maybe you haven't reconnected with yet on social media. And along with some of those forgotten friends are those forgotten memories that you had with people. Or maybe it was one of those things where something you've prayed about maybe years ago or maybe just a few years before the pandemic or right before COVID, you were praying about something and all of a sudden it was forgotten were lost. And maybe you've lost something in your past that has been long forgotten. What about those prayers that you prayed ago long ago that went unanswered? What are those unanswered prayers that you put away long ago? As you think about that, maybe it was Right before the pandemic, you had this idea of this incredible dream job and career that you wanted to step into, that you thought, finally, I'm going to be happy at my job and I'm going to enjoy this amazing experience. It's going to be a great opportunity for me and my family to make a little bit more money, something that I'm finally passionate about, that I am not in this toxic work environment anymore. And then COVID happened and all those dreams stopped because instead of wanting to thrive, you wanted to survive. And you just wanted to get by with your family being safe. 
And it's something that's been long lost and forgotten. That's something that you maybe prayed about. Or, or maybe it was someone that you cared about that was, that was really sick, that you've been continuously praying for as soon as you found out those test results, and you checked within, in with them on a regular basis over those phone calls, and for years now, they just keep coming up with these test results that just aren't good news. And it's gotten to the point where you're just like, I, I have other things that I need to worry about and other priorities, and maybe you forgot to call them one week. And one week turned into two weeks, into a month. Or maybe you've had those conversations with your spouse on what to do next. Maybe you want to move into a new house or move to a new area, or you want to start having kids, and so you're praying through this process over and over and over again, and things just keep coming up short. The housing market goes haywire, or uh, tests keep coming up negative as you check the pregnancy test, and you're just feeling just hopeless to the point where you've just stopped trying. Or, or you moved on to something else, and you just let it be in the filing cabinet of your prayer life and set it aside. Maybe those prayers maybe haven't been quite forgotten yet. Or, or maybe you just stopped praying them because you saw that there was nothing that was happening. Oftentimes, sometimes unconsciously, what this causes us to do is to pivot our posture away from God in the midst of those prayers. In the midst of those unanswered prayers, what often happens is that sometimes we pivot our posture away from God rather than leaning in and trusting that he's working in the midst of sometimes our impatience, sometimes in our doubt. And sometimes what our posture could look like, maybe you pivot away from God and your posture looks like you're in this season of doubt. Maybe as you look back to those prayers that have long been unanswered, that you totally forgot about, that are in the filing cabinet of your heart that you've put away, maybe you're like, you know what, maybe God's just not listening to me. Maybe I'm just talking to thin air. Is God actually going to answer my prayers? Is he even really here working in the midst of this? Perhaps it's a season of anger towards God where you know that he's there and you know he's all-powerful and we know the person and work of Jesus has come and died for us and resurrected to real life, but instead he's refusing to answer your prayers and so you're angry at him because you know he can do those things and yet he decides not to do them. Maybe our posture is to lean away towards God because you've been praying all of these prayers over and over again that you've become numb to prayer, and as you pivot away from him, you give him the cold shoulder. Be because if God can't answer my prayers, why do I need to offer them up to him anyways? Or the opposite. Maybe what we've done is, is we've pivoted away from God and instead try to lean into all the things of God by, by showing up to church and reading our Bibles consistently at 7 o'clock in the morning and praying a specific prayer over and over again. And you're like, if I just do all these things, maybe God will finally listen to those prayers that have been on my heart, and maybe he will finally answer them the way that I want him to be answered. 
Maybe we try so hard to do all of these different things in order to get God to hear us. For those that are you that are working in this tension, season of doubt, anger, in the midst of those cold shoulders toward God, or, or trying to get his attention, this story that we read this morning is for you. Because sometimes what it takes for us to understand what God is doing in the midst of us, sometimes in order to see what God is going to do ahead of us, we have to see what God has done behind us. Thus enter the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Maybe Zechariah, Zechariah and Elizabeth as they were newly, freshly married. You know that feeling where you're excited to be with each other and spend time with one another and growing. Maybe they had time where they had endless nights of deep devotion and prayer to God with this excitement that, that God is going to bless this marriage with children and just like Abraham's promise, it's going to number like the stars in the sky. And those endless nights kept going. And maybe they ended up like good Israelites, fasting and hoping in God to answer those prayers to be there. Or maybe what it looked like was Zechariah and Elizabeth continuing to try and conceive day after day, where days turned to weeks. Weeks turned to months. Months turned to years with no results. And just like as Zechariah says, he's a priest in the temple. Maybe he goes into the temple and, and those prayers go up like incense and he tries to throw one in. And eventually those prayers just stop going up like incense. After a while, prayers begin to fade as hope seems to be lost. This is what Luke says in Luke 1, verse 7. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. You see, Elizabeth felt disgraced among her people because she felt she was unable to conceive. And it makes a note in that in verse 7, describing that they were unable to conceive because they were already too old to consider even having a child. And according to them, and according to everyone else, it seemed like an impossibility. And back in Jewish culture, being unable to conceive was seen as a sign of God's discontent with the family, since children were seen as a blessing and a gift. Which oftentimes seems backwards when we read this story, especially since it says in the scripture text that, that Zechariah and Elizabeth were both righteous in the sight of God and were faithful in following after him. They were continuously faithful even though their prayer was not answered time and time again. And maybe what you've already taken notice, because I'm a big Old Testament fan, this story is a very similar story to an Old Testament story back in Genesis with Abraham and Sarah. Right? Abraham and Sarah were, were old and unable to conceive, yet God made this promise to Abraham saying that their offspring would be like stars in the sky. But unlike Zechariah, Abraham trusted, had his faith put in God, and was credited to him as righteousness. But, but Zechariah wasn't in that position like Abraham. 
he was doing his priestly duty as he normally would, and they would have this rotation of priests. And so finally, it was his turn to go into the temple and offer incense. And who knows, maybe he had that in the back of his mind, but maybe he was just numb to that prayer. And as he walks into the temple and is doing his priestly thing, all of a sudden an angel shows up. And he is, it says, gripped with fear. Now, I don't know if angels are, are scary looking or not, or if it's just the presence of God being in the midst of, of sinful human beings. That's a scary experience. But every time an angel appears, people are oftentimes afraid. And the first words that the people hear from the angel are what? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And what's going to happen is over these next couple of weeks as we go through the different experiences where the angels are talking to the people of God, usually what happens immediately after those words, do not be afraid, what happens is the angel is inviting the people to re-pivot themselves toward God because what God is going to do in those next couple of sentences that the angel is going to share is going to reposition their entire situation and change the reality of the people of God. And this is what the angel Gabriel says, that, that he's going to have a child. Elizabeth is going to have a child, even at an old age. And they are to name this child John. This John is John the Baptist who's going to point the way to the risen Messiah, to Jesus who eventually will become born 18 months later. The promised child, the promised Messiah that's going to make all things right. It says this child will be great. Do not be afraid for your reality is about to change. But Zechariah has been praying for years for answers. Elizabeth, unable to conceive till she was old. And this is what Zechariah says. How can I be sure of this? She says, in the midst of all of those things that I've been praying, as I come into church and I hear your word, as I'm in daily devotion, Jesus, how can I be sure of this? What looked like failure to Zechariah ended up being God's fulfillment and faithfulness being shown. But we've all been in this spot before where we've asked God, God, how can we be sure of this? And I'm not here this morning to tell you guys that God is going to answer every prayer in the way that you want it to happen. Maybe you've been through grief like this family here with Zechariah and Elizabeth. Maybe there are people in your life or you yourself that have been struggling with illnesses that you just can't get over. You've been praying to God for healing time and time again. Maybe you've been asking this question, how can I be sure of this? And it's by faith that we lean into and say, God is God and we are not. We don't know the purposes for which God oftentimes 
does things, but we know and trust that he's doing it for the good of those who are called according to him. And that may not look like the way that we perceive it. That the tension that we hold as Christians is that our withered hopes and our dreams and our unanswered prayers are still held in the hands of faithful God. That whatever you're praying, whatever you've been going through, whatever's been locked up into that file cabinet of your prayer life is still in the hands of a faithful God. There's a commentator who commented on this text, and he said this. His name's Matthew Henry. He says, prayers or faith are filed in heaven and are not forgotten, though the thing prayed for is not presently given. Prayers made when we are young and coming into the world may be answered when we are old and going out of the world. So what are those unanswered prayers that you put away long ago? And how is God still working in the midst of those today? Once you hear the words, do not be afraid. This is an invitation for us that have been pivoted away towards God to, to lean in to see what God is doing even in the midst of those unanswered prayers. Jesus says this in Matthew 7. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And later on he says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And again, this is not God saying you are going to get whatever you ask for, but it's according to his will that he changes the reality of our hopes and our dreams and our long-forgotten prayers. And this shares that we have a good and gracious God that wants to continue to pour out his blessing upon you. And the amazing thing is, is that as we keep reading in this text, Zechariah is silenced, which uh, for those of you guys that have, <laughs> for the moms that have been pregnant, uh, wouldn't that have been nice to have like a silent husband for the entire of the pregnancy, that would be, <laughs> I don't know, maybe that would be a blessing, maybe not. But the first words that Zechariah says, as they have their child, they're supposed to name him John, which is weird because the name John wasn't part of their family line, so it was a weird thing to name their child John. But the first thing that Zechariah says, says his name will be John. And I love this because the name John literally means Yahweh has been gracious. God has been gracious. And to take it even a step further, Zechariah's name means he remembers. And Elizabeth's name means his promises. This morning, this gospel message for us is that God has been gracious, and he remembers his promises. And not only does he remember his promises, is that he remembers you. God has been gracious and still remembers you. 
the angel's words, do not be afraid, are to help reposition us to lean in to what God has been doing in his graciousness as he remembers his promises. Do not be afraid. So this past week was Thanksgiving, as you guys know, and Chrissy and I took a trip to Memphis to see my family. And as I was hanging out with my brother and my sister and my mom and my dad, my mom was like, oh, I, I ended up finding something that, uh, that you may have forgotten about. She's like, I'll be right back. So she leaves. And she brings out <laughs> the umbrella hat from long ago. See it? <laughs> I bet you've never seen this before. Someone preaching with an umbrella hat on. I mean, how cool is this, right? I mean, so I'm praying for rain this week. If my mom was able to remember, I'm going to take this off. This is ridiculous. It's preach. I can't preach in this. Y'all won't take me seriously. If my mom was able to remember something that was forgotten when I was in middle school, how much more does our Heavenly Father remember those prayers that have been put into our final cabinets of our prayer life? How much more gracious is God to you to remember his promises in the midst of our unanswered prayers? Do not be afraid. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, you have been gracious and you remember your promises. Jesus, as we remember this story of the birth of John the Baptist, he remembers the promises from long ago in the Old Testament that, that points to you. As he prepares a way for the people to experience your love, grace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Father, we pray that in the midst of our unanswered prayers that we would pivot back toward you, that we would lean into your promises, that you love us, that you care for us, and that you hear us. Father, we come to you now as we remember those unanswered prayers, as we remember those times when we doubted you, and those prayers that, those times that we've been angry with you, Lord, and we lift them up to you now. We lift up our whole hearts to you in a moment of silence. Jesus, may our prayers be lifted up to you as incense. Jesus, we know and we trust and we hope with confidence that your death covers all death, that we might experience new life found in you. As you forgive us of the brokenness that's in our hearts and in our minds, Lord, we lean on you to redeem all things. And we thank you that you have been gracious and you remember your promises. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about our church at actschurchleander.com.